Welcome to the Strong AF Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natasha Barnes. I'm a strength and rehab coach for climbers, and I blend my 24 years of expertise and experience as an elite level climber, competitive power lifter, and rehab professional to bring you a podcast that will help you become stronger and more resilient. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things strength training for climbers. We'll also talk about climbing injuries, rehab, and why training and rehab go hand in hand. To connect, be sure to follow me over on Instagram at Natasha Barnes. To find out more about coaching or getting help with an injury, check out my website at natashabarnesrehab.com. And now let's get to the episode. Welcome back to the Strong AF Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to warm up for a strength session. This is a question I get all of the time. I have a whole entire resource dedicated to how to warm up for my one-on-one clients and any clients that are in any of the programs that I offer, but I thought I would make a specific episode on it just for all of you because I do get these questions sometimes in my Q&As as well. Warming up is important for strength training, obviously. Um, It doesn't need to take a long time or be complicated, but you do need to do it. So here are three reasons why you should warm up. Number one, raising your body temperature. Raising your body temperature is just going to help you feel a little bit better on your warmups. It's also going to help prepare the tissues for the exercises that you're about to do. Number two, It helps you practice the movement pattern you're going to train. So not only is the warm-up designed to literally warm your body and your muscles and your tendons up, it's also going to help you practice the movement pattern that you're about to train, which is helpful. It also helps for selecting the correct intensity or the correct load for exercises so we can use our warm-ups to gauge how we're performing in a training session and we can auto-regulate our training session more effectively with a good warm-up. If you want to hear more about auto-regulation, go back and listen to the last episode where we talked all about it. Number three, the warm-up also prepares your muscles to recruit and work hard. So not only are we warming up, not only are we practicing the movement pattern, but we're also getting our body ready to actually try hard. And a good warm-up is going to help with your performance as well as warm you up. I like to break the warm-up down into basically two phases. So phase one, we can just consider the general warm-up. And the general warm-up is designed to just raise your body temperature. So if it's cold where you are, sometimes starting with a general warm-up is a good idea, like five to 10 minutes on a bike or walking on an incline on a treadmill to raise your body temperature is usually enough. Um, When it comes to weight training, sometimes doing an exercise with the empty bar Um, doing some movement with an empty bar or doing some movement with body weight or even like a really, really, really lightweight um, can sometimes serve as the general warm-up for, I'm not going to talk specifically about climbing in this episode, but a lot of people don't realize you don't have to do anything off of the walls, especially for climbing warm-ups. You can just warm up on the climbing wall with really easy traversing, um, climbing a few really easy V0s or, 
you know, five eights at the gym or whatever is a really easy grade for you. Um, if you're really new at climbing and those grades are not really warm ups for you, you can traverse around with your feet on the floor and like hang on the holds basically while you put some weight in your feet and that can be a really easy warm up for you. Um, in this episode specifically, we are going to talk about warming up for strength training though. So just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there because I know somebody will ask the question, but let's move on. So phase two is sort of considered the progressive warm up, the progressive part of the warm up. So basically it's going to help you practice the movement pattern and prepare your muscles to try hard. And basically if it's not that cold, you can start here. So this would be with an empty bar or really lightweight um, or body weight or the lightest possible dumbbell or the lightest possible band. Um, or even one plate on a cable machine, unless you're doing lateral raises where one plate on a cable machine is sometimes my working weight. Um, you can start with something really light. The only, the only exercise where sometimes it doesn't make sense to start with like an empty barbell is like a deadlift because if you did the deadlift movement with just an empty bar and the bar was just sitting on the floor, um, it would change your mechanics a little bit and it would be a little bit harder range of motion wise to get down to the bar and you wouldn't be getting in the exact same position that you would for like a normal deadlift, like a conventional deadlift or even a sumo. So for deadlift warmups, I usually recommend starting with a bar plus some bumper plates or um, elevating the bar off the floor in some way so that the bar is about seven inches off the floor so that you can start in the normal position that the bar would be in when you're doing a normal deadlift with bumper plates or regular sized weight plates. If your gym, your home gym, your climbing gym, whatever gym you're at doesn't have bumper plates, they only have metal plates, you might notice that the plates are different sizes. So a standard 45 pound plate has a certain diameter. Most bumper plates, so the rubber plates that you can use or calibrated weight plates, not all of them, but, but most of the bigger ones are gonna be about that size. If you go to a gym that has different sized weight plates that are steel or metal, sometimes the weight plates will be different sizes and the only weight plate that's like the standard size is the 45 pound plate. So if starting with the 45s on the bar for you for a deadlift is not a warm up weight for you because that would be 135 pounds for a standard barbell and standard 45 pound weight plates. If that is too heavy for you, but the other plates at the gym are not the correct diameter, what you can do is elevate the bar off the floor using blocks or set up in a rack and do what's called a rack pull where you set up the safeties inside of the rack so that the bar is positioned about seven inches off the floor so that you can start with your warm-ups in the same position that you would do your working weight at. For some people, they might not even be working up to 135 pounds on a, on a barbell. So that's a strategy that you could use if you weren't working up to quite that heavy of a weight and you only had access to weight plates. But most climbing gyms and a lot of just commercial gyms are gonna have bumper plates for deadlifts for the most part. And so all of those plates, all the way down to a 10 pound plate are gonna be about 
are going to be exactly the same diameter actually the only plates that will be smaller than that are they might have some smaller 10 pound plates um, they might have some smaller five or two and a half pound plates um, but most people can start with a standard bar plus 10 pounds on either side and that can be a good starting point for a warm-up for the deadlift um, if people are power lifters and they're listening to this, they're probably wondering like why I'm talking about this. This is a really, really common experience for people who are newer to lifting or who maybe have an injury where they can't start with 135 pounds on the bar. Most power lifters are going to be like, why don't you just start with 45s on the bar? Like, what's the big deal? I encounter a lot of clients who are brand new to lifting who just don't lift that heavy, or at least that's too heavy for a warm up, or they're rehab clients and we can't start them that heavy because maybe they're symptomatic. So lots of ways to work around this. Um, you could also just do RDLs if you wanted to until you're at an, a weight where you could put the regular plates on the bar. Um, but it's a slightly different movement. Sometimes it's a slightly different position. So the other strategies that I was just mentioning are really good strategies for that. Um, of course, I'm not covering every single possible scenario. So if you have a question about what I'm talking about specifically, warming up for deadlifts or another exercise where the bar is supposed to be on the floor, let me know. I'll do my best to answer it, but hopefully I've just done a good job of answering that for you for now. Um, but yeah, so that would be the progressive warm up. Basically, you'll start with a really light weight, an empty bar or body weight on whatever exercise you're doing and progressively go progressively heavier until you're at your working weight for the day or your target intensity. So like whatever RPE you're assigned for that day in the workout, depending on how that's being programmed for you. If a variation is prescribed, like a pause squat, for example, warm up using that variation as well or like a pause deadlift, or there's like so many different variations. Don't warm up doing like normal squats. So if you got prescribed pause squats in your workout, which that is an exercise variation I like to use, what you don't want to do is warm up using normal squats. And then once it starts to get heavy, start pausing your squats or like, you know, guess like it gets heavy and then you add some more weight and then you're guessing that that's going to be your weight for the day on pause squats. That's the worst possible thing you could do because it's not going to allow you to auto-regulate your training session for the day because you're not getting accurate information of what that pause squat is going to feel like for you when it gets heavier. And sometimes if you do that, you'll go up to the next weight and then you start pausing and it becomes much more difficult because now you're pausing it and you're adding a component that makes the exercise more difficult. So a pause squat is going to be technically harder to perform than a regular squat because you have to stop and maintain tension at the bottom of the squat when you're at parallel or just below parallel and you have to stop your momentum and then you have to stand up again. So it's harder than a normal squat. So when you're warming up, you want to warm up with pauses the whole time, even if it's the empty bar. That way you can A, practice the movement pattern that you're about to train, and B, you can be more accurate at assessing how you're performing that day and how things are feeling, and it'll be easier for you to hit your RPE target for that day. 
Now, some people listening might not know what an RPE target is. They might not know what RPE means. If you don't know what RPE means, it just stands for rating of perceived exertion. And it's a way to measure effort level on an exercise. And it's a way that we can dose intensity in a strength training program. It's what I use for all of my programs, including my rehab programs. So if you want to learn more about that, go back and listen to the last episode where we explain all about that so that you can have a better understanding of what I'm talking about in this episode. Um, If you're not doing a workout that's prescribed using RPE or some auto-regulated measure, like you're doing like percentage of max, there's, there's ways to do that too. But basically, whatever variation you're doing, I would recommend doing that variation for your warm-up so that you can be more accurate with load selection as you're doing it and you can practice the movement pattern. I also recommend sticking to the prescribed rep range for that exercise and increasing weight for, with, with that rep range so that you can judge your RPE more accurately. Now, in the very early warmups, maybe you're gonna do more reps, like if you're getting prescribed a set of four on squats or something like that, maybe you don't wanna start with sets of four, like you could start your empty bar squats um, or whatever you're gonna start with, with more reps in that to like raise your body temperature and get a little bit better of a warmup going. But after your like first or second warmup set, you probably wanna start doing the actual rep ranges that you're gonna be doing for that exercise because A, it's gonna be less fatiguing and B, it's gonna help you be more accurate with your RPE. If you're doing like sets of eight the whole time for your warmup, but you're supposed to be doing sets of four, then once you start getting towards your, the heavier weights towards the later warmups, it's gonna be really hard for you to judge what the actual weight should be for that workout if you're not doing the correct rep range. Um, So keep that in mind as you're warming up. Do the variation that's prescribed and do the rep range that is prescribed. I would also recommend taking about four to six sets for your warmups. Maybe a little bit, maybe there's some wiggle room there for some people, um, depending on the exercise. Like, if you're very, very new to weight training and you're not loading very heavy, like you're not putting a lot of weight on the bar because you're new to the exercise and you can't, you might have to do less warm-up sets to get to your target weight because your target weight is just a little bit lower. So an example of that would be like, let's say you're doing a barbell overhead press and you're new to the movement and maybe your working weight is like 50, 60 pounds. I mean, you could take four to six sets to get there, but it might be difficult to do that based on the weight plates that your gym has. Um, So you may need to take less jumps. Or example, this is like something that literally happened to one of my clients last week is I gave one of my clients lateral raises, dumbbell lateral raises, Um, They have shoulder pain and they're brand new to weight training. So they're not able to go very heavy on that exercise. And that's also normal. Like lateral raises are pretty challenging. So most people aren't going to be going mega heavy on those. Like I literally do them with 10 pounds um, if I'm doing like 10 or 12 reps generally. Um, So a client of mine wasn't doing more than I think I think they were doing seven pounds on them or 
maybe even lighter than that. And the only dumbbells they had available to them were like a three pound dumbbell, a five pound dumbbell and a seven pound dumbbell. So obviously <laughs> they're not going to have very many options. So they're going to start, you know, maybe they do just body weight. So just with their arms for the first set and then the three pound dumbbell for their second set and then the five pound dumbbell for their third set. And then they're already at their working weight. So in cases like that, you may not be able to do four to six sets. Um, in other cases, if you don't, if it's a new exercise for you or a new rep range or something like that, or you're just going really, really heavy and you have a personal preference to do um, smaller jumps and do more warm-up sets, then maybe you can do more than six. So four to six isn't like a hard and fast rule. It's just like my general recommendation for people. Um, you can do more or less depending on your situation and your preferences. But the main thing is we want to reduce fatigue in your warm-ups. So you want to make sure that you're not doing tons and tons of reps on your warm-ups because they're designed to warm you up. They're not necessarily part of the workout. We're not trying to get you fatigued by the time you get to your working sets. So keep that in mind as you're working on building a warm up for you. Um, another way that you can do this is if you know your target weight for your for your workout for the day, you you can divide your warm-ups in even increments and it could be a good starting point, but your actual warm-up process is probably going to be a little bit more individualized to what feels best or what prepares you to lift heavy and have a productive training session. And sometimes it can take a few sessions to figure that out. Um, what's a good warm-up strategy for you after you've been exposed to the exercise a little bit more. So one strategy that you can use is to basically like do sets of X, sets of whatever, whatever the prescription says all the way up until you get to something that feels like an RPE five or an RPE six An RPE five is going to be a set where you can do all of the reps, but you feel like you've got about five more reps left in the tank before you might fail. An RPE six would be a set where you could do all of the reps, but you think you'd only have maybe four more reps left in the tank before you'd fail. Um, and then from there, like, let's say the prescription is to get to RPE eight, which is a set where you can do all of the reps, but you've only got two more reps left before failure. Then what you can do from there is add like five or 10% to the bar, which should get you pretty close to an eight. Um, and if it doesn't get you there, you can kind of fine tune from there is one strategy. Um, keep in mind, we talked about this last episode, but adding about like three to 8% to the bar will generally increase the RPE by one point for most people. So you can also use that as a guideline. So you can rate your last warm up set or two on the RPE scale. And based off of that, decide how much weight you're going to add to the bar, you know, somewhere between like three to 8% or something like that, um, to get you to your target intensity for the day. That sounds a little confusing, but I'm going to give you some more examples later. Um, the very first session that you do of a, if you're new to training or if you're doing a new exercise or um, a new rep range, sometimes the very first session can be the most difficult because you don't have any prior sessions or experience on that exercise or that rep range or whatever to base it off of. And it can take 
a little bit of calibration. It can take a little bit of calibration, um, but you'll get the hang of it after a few weeks of doing an exercise and a few weeks of practicing and calibrating the warm-up for yourself. Here are three sort of general options that you have when it comes to designing a warm-up for yourself for a weight training exercise. This is not all possible variations of warming up. These are just a few suggestions until you sort of have your warm-up routine down. I do recommend standardizing your warm-up routine. So once you've had some exposure to the exercises that you're training, or if you already have experience and exposure with those exercises, it makes a lot of sense to standardize your warm-ups because if you do basically the same weights every single session as you're warming up, and these should be, you know, the right weight to actually warm you up, but not so heavy that they could potentially end up being like work weights or working sets for the day. And that might change based on how heavy you're going and the rep range or the variation. But if you standardize your warm up, then you know how those weights are going to feel on a good day. You know how those weights are going to feel on a bad day. And you know how those weights are going to feel on any given day in the middle. And then you can use that as information for deciding what weight to work up to for your exercise. And if you're brand new to training, this is probably something that's going to change a lot as you get stronger. You're probably going to be increasing the load that you're able to lift. So your warm-ups might change, the jumps that you take, the increments might be larger. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces. If you're brand new, lots of things change. For someone who has a little bit more experience with weight training, where they're not increasing the weight by like 20, 30, 40 pounds every session, which is really common for beginners. Um, if you're someone who has a little bit more experience, then standardizing your warm-up routine can be really helpful um, and can give you some really good information about um, how you perform with normal fluctuations and will give you some experience um, that you can use for calibrating. So for me, I've been strength training for about 10 years. I have had a lot of experience with a lot of different exercises. So I pretty much have a standardized routine that I use to warm up for almost any exercise and things like squat and deadlift that I'm doing and bench press that I'm doing really regularly in my training because I do them for powerlifting. I compete in those exercises. I, I have a standardized warm up that I do every single time. I hit the same exact weights every single time I go in and do those exercises. And because I've been doing that for, for pretty much years, I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to be feeling that day based on how those warm-ups are feeling. And so um, that's a really important practice. But I want to give you some examples of some things that you can do for warming up. So number one is just a progressive warm-up. This is helpful for like new exercises. I mean, it's helpful for any situation, but it's also helpful, especially helpful for new exercises that you've maybe never done before um, or new rep ranges that you've never done before or if you might have, if, if there's symptoms present, like let's say you've started developing some shoulder pain or some elbow pain or some back pain or something like that, doesn't mean you shouldn't train. I mean, you know, go talk to a physical therapist, do a consultation with me, we can talk about it. 
Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't train. It just means that you might need to adjust your training if you're having symptoms. And that can also mean adjusting your warmups. So if I were to tweak my back or if I were to wake up with some discomfort in my low back one day, um, I'm going to go in and I might, depending on how the first warmup feels, I may adjust my warmups and I might not make the normal jumps that I would make because I'm trying to figure out like what a good entry point for me for training is going to be that day based on symptoms. So I might not be making the normal jumps that I would make if I did not have that discomfort. And so that's something that you can do if you're experiencing symptoms or something feels off. But also this is helpful for new exercises. So this is basically how I warm up clients that are new to strength training or um, if somebody comes to see me and we're doing a rehab assessment, uh, we're just going to do a progressive warm up. So I'm just going to start them at the lightest possible weight or even with body weight, depending on the situation. And we're just going to make some slow increases in the weight until we kind of find our starting our our appropriate intensity for that day, our RPE for the day or an intensity that feels tolerable given symptoms for that day. And that might mean that you take a lot of warm-up sets to figure that out the first time, but you don't have to do that every time. Once you have it figured out and you kind of have like a ballpark, like you know what you can kind of tolerate or you know how strong you are and you know what you're generally going to be working up to on a certain exercise, you don't have to do this every time, but sometimes the first time or two, you're going to be taking lots of warm-up sets because you don't know and you don't want to make a jump that's too large and accidentally overshoot your intensity or fail or um, trigger symptoms if you're going into it with symptoms or if you start feeling symptoms during the session. Um, so progressive warm-up is just starting really, really light and, and making some pretty small increases in weight. Um, and that can be, you know, anywhere from like two to 10%, something like that. Um, that's a pretty good guideline. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is going to be, you can literally take your target weight. So just as a definition, your target weight is going to be a weight that you think that you're going to be working up to for the day. And that could be you planning to repeat the same weight you did last week um, or it could be planning to increase the weight the next session if you're really new to weight training generally i recommend going into the session um, with a planned increase in weight maybe like five or ten percent of an increase or you know maybe a little smaller than five percent in some in some cases but you're probably going to be able to add more weight to the bar the next time you go in if you're very new to strength training because you're basically going to be on a linear progression just naturally um but just be ready to adjust as you're warming up if something feels off if you're feeling more tired for the day and you notice that your performance is down or you know, if your performance is way up and you need to make some larger increases, just be aware of that. But basically, you're going to take that target weight and you're going to divide it by the number of warm-up sets that you want. So divide it by four, divide it by six, divide it by eight, whatever. And that will give you the weight increment to increase by on each of your warm-up sets. The drawback to this is, you know, if you have a planned target weight for the day, but your body has other plans and you're not performing well and your performance is down um, or if your performance is way up, you might not actually hit that planned target weight and you may need to adjust um, 
sooner in the warm-up or you may need to add more weight if the target weight is feeling too easy for the day. So keep that in mind. The third option is percentage-based. Um, this is really common in powerlifting. It's really common in a lot of strength sports. Um, so basically you can take, you, you would also have like a target weight or something that you're planning on hitting for the day that you've already planned ahead of time. And you can hit 40% for your first set, fit 50% for your second set, 60%, 70%, 80%, and then like 85 to 90%. And then you can make like that 10% increase to your working weight for the day, which is the weight you're going to be doing your training with. Um, same drawbacks there. I mean, if your performance is down, those percentages or your 100% or even your 90% might not be accurate. Like you should be prepared to adjust by the time you get around like 70, 80%, you should know like if that weight is going to be in the cards for you that day. I wouldn't just do those warm up sets and like not pay attention to them. You should do them and then pay attention to how you're performing. Take a video, look at the, look at the bar speed um, or look at the speed with which you're performing the exercise. Um, and if it slows down significantly, you're probably not hitting 90 or 100% that day. Um, you're probably not going to hit that target weight and you need to be prepared to adjust. Um, or if you do hit the target weight, you hit what's supposed to be, you know, a hundred percent of your target weight. Um, and your performance is up and it flies. It's really easy. Be prepared to add more weight so that you're reaching the appropriate intensity for the day. When I'm talking about these percentages, I'm not necessarily talking about 40% of your estimated one rep max or 40% of your one rep max or whatever percentage we're talking about here. I'm talking about, these are percentages of your target weight for that exercise. Um, and I'm gonna give you some really specific examples here. So if this is sounding really confusing, I will make a post, an Instagram post. So if you're a visual learner, you can see what I'm talking about in this podcast episode so that you can go to that post and save it um, or share it or whatever you want to do, have it for reference so that you can visualize what I'm talking about. I don't know if that's going to be available the day this podcast goes out, but it will be available around the time this podcast comes out. Let's talk about some examples. So let's say our target weight for the day is 300 pounds, and this could be something you hit in your last session. This could be your projected increase in weight that you think you should be able to hit based on the fact that like you've been progressing linearly every session, whatever, however you want to make that decision. Generally, the more experienced you are, the more you've trained, I would recommend going into the session. Like if you're very well trained if you, or if you have experience with lifting, you might want to go into the session planning to repeat the same weight that you did last time and then make adjustments based on how warmups are feeling and how that weight is feeling because it is okay if you're more advanced or even if you're not to repeat the same weight. The weight doesn't necessarily matter. I urge you if you haven't already listened to the auto-regulation episode to go listen to it because it's not necessarily the weight that matters when it comes to strength training. Your body doesn't know the weight. Your body doesn't know the number. Your body only knows the stimulus. And that's the important part. It's important that we're getting the right stimulus in the training session and everything's going to be okay. 
So whether that's the same weight you did last week because you hit your target intensity if you repeat that weight, whether it's less weight than last week because performance is down but you're still hitting your RPE target, or whether you're adding more weight to the bar because the weight you hit last week is feeling a lot easier, meaning you're stronger, and now you can move more weight at the same RPE. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to target weight. But for this example, let's say you're going to deadlift 300 pounds for a set of six. I realize that not everybody listening deadlifts 300 pounds. Some people probably deadlift more. Some people probably deadlift less. That's okay. This is just an example. I can't possibly give you examples of like every possible weight that would just take up a whole entire hour of the podcast. So let's just go with 300 for six. I think it's a good weight to make sense of this warm-up progression. So our target weight is 300. The prescription on the program is six reps at RPE8. So just a reminder, RPE8 is an intensity where you could do six reps, but you only have two reps left in the tank at the end of that set. So you can do six reps, but you think you've only got two more reps left in the tank before you might fail. So essentially kind of an eight rep max intensity, but we're only doing it for six, leaving those two reps in reserve. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, go listen to the auto-regulation episode. So that's the prescription. Um, Just another definition, I feel like I've already said this before and I'll probably say it again, working weight. When I say working weight, that means the weight that's not considered part of the warm-up, but is part of the main training session. So the weight that you're gonna be training with after you've warmed up, which we're estimating in this example to be 300 pounds. The one method that we can use is target weight divided by number of warmups that we're gonna be doing. So, um, or number of sets that we wanna do to get to that weight. So in this example, if it's 300 pounds, we could divide 300 pounds by six, that would give us 50 pounds. And so those are the increments we're gonna use. We're gonna start with 50 pounds, which would be weird on a deadlift actually, like unless you have five pound bumper plates, but this is just an example. So you would start with 50 pounds on set one, 100 pounds on set two, because we're going up by 50 pound increments, 150 pounds on set three, 200 pounds on set four. And here's where you need to start paying attention probably maybe even sooner, but definitely by now, fifth set, 250 pounds, you need to be asking yourself, how hard does this feel? After I do the set of six, how many more reps do I think I can do here? So that you can adjust, if it's feeling really heavy, if it's looking really slow on video, you might need to adjust and not actually proceed to 300 pounds. You may need to make a smaller jump if it's feeling like your performance is down that day. If not, the sixth set can be that 300 pounds and then you do that for six and if that feels like an RPE8 it feels like you can do the six you do the six reps and it feels like you've only got two more reps left in the tank before you might fail then you've hit your target intensity and that's your working weight for the day if you hit that and it's feeling much harder you do it and let's say you've only got one more rep left in the tank or you've got no reps left in the tank and that was the hardest you could possibly try. Or worst case scenario, you only get five reps. You don't even get the six reps. That's it. You don't need to take weight off the bar to find the actual RPE8. You already overshot. 
and you just move on. Um, if you have another set prescribed at the same intensity, then you can take some weight off of the bar to find your RPE-8. Um, or if you have, you know, percentage back off or whatever, um, you can move on to those sets. If you overshot, you might want to take more weight off the bar than the prescription says. But if you felt like that was right on target, great. That's your working weight for the day and you hit it and you were accurate, congratulations. If you hit that and you're like, it felt pretty easy, it was moving really fast, it felt like I definitely had three or more reps left in the tank, then you're probably gonna wanna add some weight. Somewhere in that three to 8% range is probably what you're gonna wanna add so that that goes up by one RPE point and that you hit your accurate target intensity for the day. So hopefully that makes sense. That's one option. The other option is the percentage-based option that we talked about. So hitting that 40%, 50%, 60, 70, 80, 90, and then your, your working weight or the target weight, if, if you're feeling that like that's going to be accurate for you. So if we are assuming that we're gonna hit 300 pounds for the day, our first set on this percentage-based option is gonna be 120 pounds because that is 40% of 300 pounds. Our second set is gonna be 150 pounds because that is 50% of 300 pounds. Our third set is gonna be 180 pounds because that is 60% of 300 pounds. Our fourth set is gonna be 210 pounds because that is 70% of 300 pounds. Our fifth set is gonna be 240 pounds because that is 80% of 300 pounds. And our sixth warm-up set is gonna be 270 pounds because that is 90% of 300 pounds. Probably around those last two sets is when you're going to be really wanting to pay close attention to how you're performing in the warm-up. Because if those are moving slower than expected, or those are feeling like you're getting pretty close to RPE 8, you're going, you're going to want to pay attention to that so that you can make an adjustment. And perhaps we don't hit 300 pounds that day, or perhaps 270 is actually your RPE 8 for the day. Um... Or if you do hit 300 and it's feeling a lot easier than it should, you have more than two reps left in the tank, then you're going to want to be prepared to go up a little bit. So that's how I would approach that situation. And remember, like I discussed before, this is percentage of target weight for this example. It's not percentage of your one rep max. It's not percentage of an estimated one rep max in this example. Um, these are some examples that you can do. The way that I would do it is sort of more of a progressive loading way, which is one of the examples we described earlier, which I didn't give you an example of here. Um, but personally for me, I, I know what deadlifts feel like. I know what sets of six should feel like. If I thought I was going to be working up to 300 pounds for the day for a set of six, my personal workout isn't based on any math. It's not based on target weight divided by number of warm-ups. It's not percentage-based. 
Um, it's literally my personal preference of warm up, and it might look something like this. If we're if we're using pound plates, if it's if we're using kilo plates, it looks a little different because the weight increments are a little bit different with kilo plates, which I've been doing more. I've been doing more of that recently because I compete with kilo plates. And so I want to warm up with kilo plates because they do have a slightly different feel. They're thinner um, and heavier than pound plates. But if I was doing this in pounds, what that would look like for me is set one, I'd probably hit a set of six at 135, which is just the 45s on either side. Um, I would hit my second set probably around 185 or I might jump straight to 225 if I'm feeling pretty good. Um, if I didn't jump straight to 225 for the second set, I'd probably do that as a third set um, and then potentially jump to 250 or 275 depending on how I'm feeling. Um, if I jumped to 250, I'd probably hit 275 for a fifth set. Um, and then because I'm getting pretty close to 300, I might do something like 285 and then I would jump to 300 for the, from there. Or if I was feeling really good, I'd probably just jump from 275 to 300. And that is just something that I've built for myself personally, based on my experience with deadlifts and based on what, what feels good for me as a warm up. And that would be more of like a progressive loading example of, um, for warmups for the deadlift. So hopefully those examples make sense to people. I will try to make a post for this for the visual learners, but you know, basically based on how your last warmup set or two feels, you should be able to gauge how you're performing that day and make an accurate jump to your working weight. So pay attention to it because it's gonna help you be more accurate with load selection. It's gonna help you be more accurate with hitting the right RPE targets. And again, working weight is just a weight that's not considered part of the warm-up, but it is part of the main training session. So no need to stretch, foam roll, or do anything else before you warm up. It's kind of just a waste of time for most people, and it's pretty unnecessary in my opinion. If you really like doing that stuff, go for it. But it just adds more time to your warm-up, and I don't think it's necessary um, if you're the kind of person who feels really stiff at the beginning of a training session, doing more sets with an empty bar or with body weight or a really light weight is also going to save you time and it's also going to help you with mobility. It's also going to help you. It's basically a loaded stretch. So you, you don't even need to do any of that stuff before a warm up. Like I said, if you really like it and you want to do it and you personally feel like it helps you perform better, go for it. But I don't recommend it to any of my clients. I don't have any of my clients do it. Nobody's gotten injured on their warmups when they don't do that. Um, so it's just not necessary. And especially if you're somebody who's pressed for time in the gym, I would recommend skipping that part. Um, and that's a lot of the pushback I get from climbers. They don't want to spend too much time in the weight room, which is understandable because we're doing it to support climbing. We're doing it for general health. We're not trying to spend two or three hours in the weight room when we're strength training. And if we're adding a bunch of stuff like activation drills, banded stuff, foam rolling, stretching as part of the warmup, it, it wastes a lot of time. And you can be accomplishing all of the stuff that's being accomplished by doing that, by just doing a warm up with an empty bar or with body weight. 
and then progressively loading your warm up. You can take more warm up sets with the lighter weight if you need to, if you're if it's really cold, if you're really a particularly stiff person. Um, some people who are like very, very stiff might notice that like they're not able to hit depth on their squat initially at the beginning of the warm up, but as they warm up more and the weight gets heavier, they're actually able to get low enough on their squat or whatever exercise they may be doing. They can get into more of that range of motion in the, the later warm ups. Um, and it's not totally necessary to like stretch or foam roll or do anything like that before the training session. Yeah, I mean, you know, for example, squatting with just your body weight or the empty bar is like the best warm up for squatting. Um, and this goes for like any movement as well. It's, it's more specific to what you're about to do. It allows you to practice the skill at lighter loads and it's still going to warm you up. It's still a loaded stretch. It's still going to activate you. It's still going to mobilize you. Um, if you really like stretching or foam rolling and you really want to do it, especially if you like to be a little bit more aggressive with it or you're on some type of mobility program, I would recommend doing that at the end of the workout. Here are some general tips from the episode and my recommendations. So number one, standardize your warm up. We already talked about why. Once you've gotten some experience with an exercise, you should be able to standardize your warm up and it's going to help you because you'll, you'll be hitting about the same weight every single time you go into the gym and you'll get a sense of what that feels like on a good day, a bad day and anywhere in between. And it helps you be more accurate with your RPE because you know how things are, are going to feel, you know, and sometimes you'll surprise yourself. Like sometimes it can feel internally feel really bad to you because you're just feeling some type of way that day but you can still perform really well. So I've had sessions where I've gone in and like, oh, 275 on this deadlift does not feel as snappy or as good, smooth, as easy as it normally does. And when I look at a video of myself doing it, I'm like, it's actually moving like totally fine. It looks normal. It just feels different internally for some reason today. And then I'm able to kind of like proceed to my normal workout and my normal working weight and it's totally fine sometimes the opposite can happen it, things can feel really good and then by the time you get to your last warm-up or your working weight it's not feeling good so you can just get a little bit more experience and make some better judgment calls if you standardize your warm-up and i feel like this goes for anything i feel like this goes for hangboarding as well i feel like this goes for climbing sessions when i climb this is why i love board climbs because you can use boards to warm up for your climbing session and get a sense of how you're feeling and how you're performing that day. When I do a moonboard session, or even if I'm not doing a moonboard session, sometimes I'll still warm up on the moonboard or the tension board or the kilter board. I sort of have like a standardized warm up that I do for the tension and the moonboard, which are two boards that I have the most experience with. Um, and I have like a warm up sequence that I do of climbs that. I picked specifically because I like how they warm me up. They warm up my body. They warm up my fingers. They also give me some information about how good I'm feeling in that climbing session, like whether or not I'm feeling snappy, how my contact strength is feeling um, because I can snatch that crimp really easily or I'm fumbling it a little bit, which is telling me that like my accuracy is off and maybe I'm a little more fatigued than I thought. So it can be really helpful for not just strength training, but for hangboarding, which is also strength training for climbers. Um, or climbing sessions. So I want you to take that away from the episode. Other tip, have a target weight in mind for the session. Don't get attached to the target weight though. 
I go into a session and sometimes I have an idea of what I'd like to do and that doesn't always end up happening. Sometimes I need to adjust down. Sometimes I go in and surprise myself and I get to go up in weight. So that literally just happened to me today when I was training. So today's Monday, October 16th, and I did a squat session. Um, my prescription was eight reps at RPE six to seven. And last week I did 242, something around there. So my plan was to go in and just repeat that workout. I, my, I have a lot of experience in weight training. I'm not always gonna make an increase session to session. And if I can match my previous session, that's what I like to do. And I only increase the weight if proven otherwise, like if it's feeling way easier or if the last warm-up's feeling way easier. So I was planning on going in and repeating that weight for sets of eight. Or if the warm-ups were not feeling good, I was prepared to do less. But I went in and actually my last warm-up was feeling very good. So I actually went up 10 pounds and I squatted 253 and a half, 10-ish pounds, um, I guess 11 something pounds. Um, <clears throat> and it felt great. It was actually, I did it for sets of eight and it was actually at a lower RPE than last week at a lighter weight. So I actually got stronger. One thing I want you to keep in mind is this, and this is kind of like tip number three, don't assume a linear progression when you're weight training. If you're a beginner, it's probably going to be a linear progression, but because of the nature of autoregulation and the normal day-to-day -day fluctuations in performance, you need to accept and embrace those normal daily fluctuations. They're normal. Whether it's strength training, hangboarding, climbing, life, they happen. So accept them and embrace them. Don't assume a linear progression. So you want to ask yourself, like, sometimes it's easy to get into this pattern of like forcing weight on the bar. And I don't know if anybody listening has had any experience with a popular strength program called Starting Strength. Um, I did that program. I've had clients do that program. I think it can be an okay program for like rank novices because most of the time you are going to experience a linear progression and that program um, you know, you plan on putting 5, 10, 20 more pounds on the bar every session and you ride it out and it doesn't take into consideration the intensity or the RPE of that weight. You just sort of keep adding weight to the bar until basically you fail and then you reset and try it again or you switch the rep ranges and try it again. It's not super great once things start to get into those higher RPE ranges because you end up accumulating more fatigue than is necessary from the program. And that's what happens if you are somebody who overshoots all the time. It can, if you're somebody who's done a program like that, or like for me, this took me a really, really long time to get out of the habit of doing is I would go into every session and be like, I'm going to add weight to the bar. I'm going to add weight to the bar. I'm adding five or 10 pounds, like no matter what, no matter how I was feeling. And then you end up overshooting your weight. And sometimes you feel good about it. Like you'll do it. But did you actually get stronger or did you just do more weight at a higher RPE? So if you do more weight than last time, but it's at a higher RPE, you didn't actually get stronger. You just forced progression there and that's not sustainable. 
you want to increase the weight because you can increase the weight. Like you're not going to get stronger by forcing it. You're going to get stronger by getting the right stimulus over and over and over again. And then the same weights are going to start feeling too easy. And then you can add more weight to the bar. And that's a better way of looking at it than assuming a linear progression. So keep that in mind. So this week for me, I actually went up 11 pounds on my squat and it was at a lower RPE. So I can be sure that I actually got stronger. Um, and probably I got a little stronger, but I also just, my conditioning was a little bit better. Um, I just came off of a powerlifting meet. If you want to hear about that, go back to episodes where I talk about it. Um, but the nature of powerlifting programming is like you do like a peak and a taper and you lose a little bit of like your fitness adaptations for doing like more volume and higher sets. And then when you get back to normal training, you feel a little, you feel really strong for like heavy singles, um, but you don't feel super fit for multi multi rep sets. And it takes a few weeks to kind of get that back. So I think part of that for me is also just gaining some of that fitness back now that I'm back to regular training again. Okay, another tip, um, RPE calculators and percentage charts. So if you look up an RPE chart, um, it'll show you like percentages. It'll show like rep ranges plus RPE and it'll show you like what percentage you should be trying to hit, like percent percentage of your one rep max you should try to be hitting to hit a certain RPE. Um, or you can use calculators that like do that for you and you don't have to reference a chart. And they can be useful, but you want to use them with caution. So I will tell my clients about these RPE calculators, but they really only ballpark the weight because if you're using, if you're going by the RPE calculator, if you're going by RPE charts, you're not actually auto-regulating because you're not paying attention to how things are moving, how things are feeling, how you're actually performing in the session, which are things that you need to look at in order to be accurate with RPE. You're using a calculator. And so it's the same thing as using a percentage of your one rep max for prescribing training. Um, so they're helpful, but they're just ballpark numbers and you should be prepared to adjust up or down based on how things are, how your warm up, how you're performing in your warm up session, but they can be helpful. One thing I will say is that reps lie. So if I put in what I just did today for, um, my, my squats at eight reps and that the RPE, I thought they were it's going to give me like a crazy estimated one rep max on my squat. And that's not necessarily real. It's not super accurate. It's, you know, based off of a formula. Um, it's doesn't mean I can actually squat that. And so if I'm using like a high rep set to calculate like a low rep set, sometimes it's going to be wrong. Like, you know, if I just switched from doing sets of eight and I go to a program that calls for singles or something like that, and I use my last training session and I plug it into the calculator to be like, okay, well, what should I hit today? It's going to give me some number that might not be accurate. Um, and that's because those normal daily fluctuations, it's also because I haven't maybe been practicing heavy singles. Um, it can be lots of different reasons, but I want you to make sure that if you are using RPE calculators, you take it with a grain of salt or several grains of salt because it's just going to ballpark you. And especially if you're basing it off of high rep sets, it's not going to be super accurate. 
and it can be way off. So you still want to make sure that you're paying attention in your warm-ups if you're using those calculators or adjust. For some people, the calculators can be accurate. For other people, not. For some people, they can be accurate on some lifts, and so for some people, not. So for me, they can be relatively accurate for squats, a um, little less accurate for deadlift for me, and then they're definitely not accurate for bench press for me, I have found. So take it with a grain of salt. It is okay to overshoot or undershoot occasionally, especially if you're just learning RPE. You're going to make mistakes, and it's the only way to learn. And the only way you're doing it wrong is if you're not using that experience as a learning experience and learning from that overshoot or that undershoot. It's okay if that happens every now and again. It happens to even really experienced people like myself. I will overshoot sometimes and I will undershoot sometimes and that's okay. It's definitely far better to undershoot than it is to overshoot because if you undershoot, that's okay. It's, it's probably still... As long as it's not a huge undershoot, it's probably still enough to get you stronger. And if you overshoot chronically, so someone who overshoots chronically risks hitting a wall a lot faster in their training and stalling progress because you're you're going to be accumulating too much fatigue. You're not you're going to be making your training sessions less recoverable. And I think a lot of times if people really love training and they love trying hard, they kind of err on the side of like overshooting because we all think like, well, more is better, right? Like if I do more, that's going to be better. The only thing that you're going to get by overshooting chronically is you're going to get more fatigue, which is going to make it harder to recover. It's going to make it so you hit a wall faster and the program stops working. Or that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, you push yourself to a potential injury. So we want to keep an eye on that. If you are someone who chronically undershoots, like I said, as long as it's not a massive undershoot, um, it that's it's still okay. You're probably still going to make progress. You might just make slower progress than is really necessary. So we want to try to be as accurate as possible. Um, but again, it's far better to undershoot than it is to overshoot. And if you want some help learning how to use RPE, this is something that I specifically designed my foundational strength training program four. It's a 10-week program and we take you through, you get experienced with different RPEs, different rep ranges. We also do a RPE audit in the program so that you can calibrate your RPE so that you can get better at the skill of auto-regulating because it is a skill that needs to be learned, but research does show it's learnable and people, most people can learn it within a few degrees of accuracy, like the, we can be pretty accurate with it and benefit from the system, even if we don't have total precision with it. And that is okay. So if you want to learn more about that and you're a climber, the foundational strength training program is perfect for you because that program is geared towards teaching people how to auto-regulate. Okay, that is the episode. We talked about some strategies for warming up, why it's important to warm up. We talked a little bit more about how to use auto-regulation as part of your warm-up. If you guys have other questions about warming up, feel free to leave a question. If you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a question right on the episode. If not, go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram at Natasha Barnes, or you can email me through my website if you have any questions. If you're interested in joining the Foundational Strength Training Program, you can find information for that through the link in my bio on Instagram, 
or in the show notes here um, or even on my website. Same thing if you want to do a consultation for your injury and get some help with that or talk about how to train around an injury or how to train with an injury get on a schedule, book in a consultation. You can do that in the link in the show notes, the link in my bio on Instagram or through my website. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being here. I really appreciate all the listeners. I really appreciate all the shares. Tell your friends about the podcast, share it on your Instagram and tag me. I really, really appreciate it. It really helps. Um, And thank you for everyone who has come to listen to this podcast. I will catch you in the next episode.